day, everyone, and welcome back to the Leadership in Quarters podcast. My name is Josh Selden, and I'll be joining you on this leadership journey. Episode two is all about trust and psychological safety. During this episode, we'll be talking about why trust is so critically important, how you go about building trust, and the relationship between trust and psychological safety. So let's get started. Why is trust so important? Trust is not only important to business, but also for life. Trust is truly the foundation of relationships. Whether it's business or personal relationships, they are all built on trust. Picture relationships as a house or building. These structures are built on a foundation. If the foundation cracks or erodes over time, it puts the house at risk. At any moment, if that foundation fails, so will the house. The same goes for trust in relationships. As you go through life, personal or business, you interact with people and build relationships. These relationships strengthen over time as you and your team learn to trust each other, and only with trust can you expect to have a positive culture. Think back to a time, whether at your job or with a significant other or even just a friendship. Think about that relationship and the trust you've built. Have you ever experienced losing that trust? How did you feel after that? Was it easy to trust that person again? Did it happen immediately or did that trust build back over time? Did you ever truly trust them again? Trust is so critically important to building a positive culture, and with trust, you and your team can do amazing things. At the same time, if trust is lost, it is difficult to get back, and it begins destroying everything that you've built. The good news is, as you move on in your career, you have the opportunity to lead many different people, and this gives you the chance to build trusting relationships with so many others. The watch out is this also gives you many more opportunities to lose that trust, which is why understanding how to build trust and sustain it is so important. The first thing you need to do is figure out how to build trust with your team. It may sound simple, and it is. Doing this is as easy as keeping commitments and promises. Throughout our days, people ask us for help in one way or another. They ask us to break down barriers for them, to help them get their work done, to cover for them so they can take a break. The opportunities are endless. It's at this point that we start building the trust, as long as you follow through. As we promise and commit to people, they will rely on us. And if we prove that we can come through for them, that we really, really follow through on our commitments, we start building that trust. Another way that we can build trust is by going to bat for someone or having their backs. Whether it's in a public or private setting, if you really support someone and have their back, if they're looking for backing in a meeting, they'll begin putting their trust in you. They'll know the next time that they need support, you're going to be someone they can count on. It's even more impactful when you go the extra mile for someone when it's not expected. I had a situation once where I was able to build trust by doing exactly that. I had someone who was working for me, and they were looking for what they needed to do to get a pay raise. They approached me early on a Friday asking if I could look into it for them and know what next steps they needed to take to get that pay raise. Being a Friday, I learned later they didn't expect me to get back to them until early the following week. Instead, I'd immediately reached out to start getting information for them, and within a few hours I was able to provide them with the next steps that they had to take and the people they had to get in contact with. This inherently built trust with that person and strengthened the relationship that we had, and we still have to this day. I like to think of situations like this similar to bank transactions. I call it the trust piggy bank. Similar to a bank where you make deposits or withdrawals, the same goes for trust. Throughout your relationship with someone, as you gain their trust, you'll start making trust deposits in the shared account. Similarly, if you lose their trusts, you start making withdrawals out of the account. Similar to a bank, you can withdraw too much, and that's when trust is lost, and the relationship is doomed. Something else to note is withdrawals and deposits are not always equal. Back to my favorite quote, one oh shit erases ten attaboys. 
You could have 10 deposits in this trust piggy bank, but one big mess up, one big oh shit moment, that one instance could withdraw all of those 10 deposits all at once. When this happens, when trust is lost, many times it's not only lost with that specific person. Word spreads and people talk. Let's face it, talking about things that frustrate us is more fun than talking about positive things, and that's exactly what happens. As soon as this happens, people will become weary of promises or commitments you make, and you'll have to start trust deposits with them again, as well as the initial person whose trust you've lost. Like with life, we need to learn from these trust overdrafts and ensure we're depositing more than we're withdrawing. So how does psychological safety fit into all of this? And what exactly is it? Psychological safety is a term that's become very popular recently. It's all about people feeling safe in their environment, in their organization, their team, or even just in the room. When someone feels psychologically safe, they feel safe to speak, disagree, give their opinions, or surface concerns without fear of repercussions or judgment. Think back to the teams that you've been a part of. How comfortable did you feel speaking up in meetings with them? Did you feel like you could question a direction given? Try to give your opinion? What if you disagreed with something? Did you feel comfortable enough to voice that disagreement? Were you worried that if you disagree, someone would hold it against you? If you've answered no to any of these questions, it's most likely due to the fact that you didn't feel psychologically safe. And the big question is, why is that? Why did you not feel safe? It's most likely because you didn't fully trust that person or the team that you're reluctant to speak up to. Think about it. That's what's so important about this, creating a safe and trusting environment. We talked in episode one about culture and the type of culture we're trying to build. We talked about that feeling in your gut that you get the night before you go to work. How do you think your gut would feel if you knew you'd be going to work the next day, interacting with people who you didn't trust and you didn't feel psychologically safe with? You knew day after day you'd be working with people that you could not share your true opinion with or your concerns. How would you feel? And if this is the type of environment and culture that you've created, how do you think your team feels? When someone doesn't feel psychologically safe, It's normally due to lack of trust, which prevents them from bringing their true selves to the team. If they don't feel like they can do this, then you'll never get their ideas, opinions, or concerns. Your organization, your culture, will never truly be able to change for the better without input from others. I always say that a room full of me's will tank the business, and that's because you need that input from others, from people who think differently than you do, in order to move forward. If you don't build an environment where people can provide their input or feedback and feel safe doing so, progress will stall and your culture will never grow. It's sad to say, but this exists everywhere. You can look at Reddit, LinkedIn, or even Facebook posts and TikToks. Everyone is sharing different ways that they don't feel heard in the room and they don't think they can truly speak their mind. When people don't feel like they can contribute, when they don't trust, and they don't feel like they can say something and be heard, people shut down. Even me personally. If I'm in an environment when I know that if I bring something up, a concern or a conflicting idea, that I'll be met with pushback or the potential of retaliation, I will keep quiet. At this point, many different thoughts go through my head. What's the point if people won't listen? Why take the chance to bring this up? Does the short-term benefit of my idea possibly being listened to outweigh the negative of what's to come from the person I've challenged? All of these thoughts persuade someone to just not speak, to become reserved. This is a huge red flag for us as leaders. If we are in a room with our team 
and no one but you is talking time after time, meeting after meeting, then the environment that you've created is not a safe one. There will always be times people don't want to speak up, and reasons not to. People are tired, they don't have input on the specific topic, but if there begins a trend of silence, time after time, it's a trigger that something bigger may be happening. So how do we counteract this? What do you do if you look back and reflect on your own team and realize that this is your reality? The first thing to do is to try to engage your team and show them that your culture is a place of psychological safety. You can do this by getting small wins with a few individuals in a public setting. If some people see that others feel psychologically safe, then that will make them more likely to feel that way as well. This isn't automatic though. The trust spreads slowly, and just because some people feel safe doesn't mean everyone will immediately when they see it. It still takes a lot of effort, time, and commitment to relationship building with each person in order to change how people feel. Once you start laying the foundation again, the next step is to set up a situation where there are topics that are extremely low risk. If we start small and simple, it will allow people to take baby steps. Start with a small group, maybe three to five people. Begin with topics that you need input for that are not high pressure, high stress items. This will allow people to be able to give input in a small group setting while also giving them a platform to speak their mind on simpler topics. Once the team begins seeing that the environment that you've all made is a safe space, you can expand this to larger groups and more intense topics. You want to get the team to a place where they feel comfortable talking about any topic in any group, but you have to start somewhere. Only you know your team, so the speed you try to implement this is up to you. There is no magic equation for this, and this is simply a guide. All teams are different, and all individuals within the teams react differently to each situation. So make sure that you check the health of your approach as you go. When you begin seeing a shift, and see consistent input from your team, regardless of if you are there or not, only then are people beginning to feel psychologically safe. Only then have we built trust. Our job as leaders is to create a foundation of trust within our organizations. We must build that strong foundation, or else our culture will crumble. And we need to ensure our people, our teams, feel psychologically safe in this environment of trust that we've built. Trust should be a focus for the team and needs to exist at all levels. Cultures can't progress or move forward without trust. And broken trust spreads and erodes that foundation over time. So think about what this means to you. How important is trust to you? And how have you built trust within your organization? Is there anyone that you inherently trust more than others? And if so, what did they do to earn that trust? Conversely, is there anyone that you can think of that you don't trust? And if so, why don't you trust them? How will you approach people differently going forward to begin making those deposits in the trust piggy bank? As you can see, trust is one critical input needed to create a healthy culture. There are other building blocks that you can stack on this foundation that you've built. And the next one that we'll cover will be in episode three, empathy and accountability. Episode three will drop next Sunday. Please like, follow, and subscribe to the podcast, to my Instagram at leadinquarters for updates, and email me with any questions or ideas you may have for future episodes at leadinquarters at gmail.com. Remember, lead with purpose, inspire with passion, and always strive to make a positive impact. Until next time. Oh,